Hello, you are listening to Smart Mouth Scorpio podcast, and this is your host, Scorpion November, and this is episode 11. Welcome, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to little old me. <laughs> no, but seriously, thank you for listening. I hope you have had a wonderful week. I hope it was prosperous, productive, that you met goals and all of that good stuff. I, my week was kind of, was okay. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. <laughs> Last week, I finally got to see Black Panther. Told you guys that I'll be going to see it soon and I made it. Yay me. And let me tell you, I was not disappointed. I was not disappointed at all I was I I didn't expect what I got I was I got more than what I bargained for to be honest I didn't know what to expect but I didn't necessarily expect what I got and I was it was just awesome awesomeness all the way through from the from the beginning to the end from the writing directing cast wardrobe visuals um fight scenes underlying undertones of the stories the hidden messages <laughs> awesome is, is the only word that i can think of to describe the movie i want to talk about it so bad i want to go into detail about it and i know some people still haven't seen it so if you haven't seen it, please go see it. You will not be disappointed. All the hype surrounding the movie is well warranted, well warranted. And I want to talk about it. So please go see it if you can. I want to talk about Forrest Whitaker, the importance of his role in how his role helped carry the movie. I want to talk about Sterling, Sterling Brown and, 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 and the little sister and how funny she was. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about Killmonger, what he did, why he did what he did. I want to talk about all of that stuff, but I don't want to ruin it for anybody because I didn't necessarily see it the first weekend that it was out. And so I, I saw the second weekend. And so maybe somebody's going to see it this weekend, the third weekend, or maybe the fourth weekend. But I don't know if I'm going to wait for four weekends to pass before I talk about it. So if you can go see it this weekend, please go see it. And maybe if finances is an issue, maybe you can go see it during the matinee. Maybe. I don't know, but I want to talk about it. And I want to talk about it now. And I want to discuss and have dialogue and all that good stuff. So please, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Because I want to talk about it. I really want to talk about it. I think an entire podcast episode could be used talking about the movie. I don't think I will use an entire podcast episode to talk about the movie but i will be talking about it again <laughs> so if you haven't seen it seriously you won't be disappointed go see the movie go see it but moving on moving right along <laughs> last weekend i'm not sure last i think it was last friday um it was either last thursday or friday that the monique interview on the breakfast club aired and I will say this, that interview won't be soon forgotten. <laughs> it will not be soon forgotten because 
Monique was real nice nasty on that interview. She was real nice nasty. And I don't know that that interview helped her at all. Now, let me say this. I'm a fan of Monique. So I don't have an issue with her there. However, I think the issue with Monique is, is it's like two different issues, two or three different issues. It's the mo, it's the Netflix deal is her reputation as far as how she's deal, she deals with, with staff on movies and people that work with her. And then the issues that she has with power players in Hollywood, such as Tyler Perry, Lee Daniels, Oprah Winfrey, Will Packer, you know, and such. And I think the way that she handles each issue taints the way people see her in regards to other issues that she's having. That's like, it's kind of like if someone already doesn't like you, if someone doesn't like you, and then you have an issue with something, then they really don't see the issue the way that you see it because they're looking through the lens of not liking you or not liking the way you handle something. And I think the way she handles certain things, not to say that she's wrong in any of her issues, it's just the way that she chooses to address them, I think may affect the support that she gets from others. Now, I say that because when I was looking at the Breakfast Club interview, I thought that she was disrespectful to the host. Now, I understand that she had an issue with Charlemagne in regards to him calling her donkey donkey of the day. She felt it was disrespectful. And I think she had every right to address the issue. However, I think she went a little far and didn't use her time wisely in addressing the issue and moving along so she can gain support in other issues. And she was using divisive language with him in regards of trying to get others to turn against him on his own on his on his platform. I think even though you had a problem with the host, you were on that host show. That's like if someone comes to your house and they have an issue with you, but they disrespect you in your house. Well, just leave my house. I don't have to be accommodating to you and tolerate your disrespect on my platform. So I think in that regard, if people already agree with Monique or supported Monique, that didn't sway them against her. And if they didn't support her, that didn't sway them to her. I think you have people that already supported her or didn't support her. I'm a fan of Monique. I think she has the right to say, I don't agree with this. I don't feel that I deserve this. I think I deserve better. And I think also if she's having a problem with the power players in Hollywood, she has a right to speak out about it. I think that too. But I don't think she has the right to be divisive. Just because someone doesn't agree with you doesn't mean you get to throw around terms to be divisive and to try to turn other people against them, especially on their platform. I don't necessarily like Charlemagne. I don't necessarily dislike Charlemagne. 
I'm indifferent towards Charlemagne. So, in the, you know, he doesn't affect my everyday life. So I don't really have, I don't look at, I don't look to him as a leader. So it doesn't really affect me, his opinion one way or the other. So, but I do feel that she was disrespectful on his platform. And I think that kind of hurt her with those that maybe support him or that are fans of him. I don't think that gained her any support in that area. I could be wrong. I don't know. But I think she could have utilized her time a little better in that regard and just addressed the issue with him, then moved along to gain support in the way that she desires support from the community. That's my thoughts on that. And I will leave that there because this is not the Monique show. (laughs) I wanted to talk about something else on this particular episode. If you remember in recent months, um, Usher was accused of having herpes. And um, I just remember how it was just like a media storm and memes and accusations were all over the place in regards to Usher having herpes. And I just saw some of the meanness that came out and how, how so much confusion was around surrounding herpes. I'm like, I'm seeing, I'm getting conflicting information about what it is, how it affects people, um, how you get it, how you can, how you can prevent from getting it. Um, not necessarily how you get it, but you know, we all know it's sexually transmitted primarily. Um, but it was just like so much stigma around it. And I felt like I want to talk about it. I want to know more about it. I want to know what it's like to live with it, how to manage it. How do people um, prevent themselves from getting it? And I felt who else better to have on than someone that is living with it? And how do they manage to live with it? How do they deal with the stigma? How do they live their lives? You know, how did they get it? You know, all of that stuff, all the stuff that everybody else wants to know when you find out someone has herpes, but you don't have the courage to ask. You know, it's like everybody wants to know how Usher got it, if he actually has it, how he got it and how he's living with it, how he's managing it, all that stuff. And I have someone on that's going to talk about it with us. I recently spoke with a an STD coach. That's what she calls herself, an STD coach. She also advocates, but her type, the title that she's given herself is an STD coach. And she herself has been living with um, herpes for years. And she helps women that have herpes. And she educates women and men about it, how to prevent them from getting it, how to prevent themselves from getting it, how to protect themselves how to um she she's been married before while having herpes she's had a child well children while having herpes so i wanted to know how how all of that work for lack of you know better terminology how does that work how do you do it how do you manage it and so she she agreed to speak with us and so um without further ado (laughs) 
<laughs> Here she is. If you could introduce your, um, yourself to my listeners. All right. Well, my name is Belise Spivey. I am known as the STD Life Coach. I help African-American women between the ages of 18 to 65 years old. Um, I, I am open to help all races, but I focus on African-American women because we are the ones at high risk with the lack of re- um, lack of resources. Oh, awesome. You're welcome. Thank you for agreeing to do this. Uh, STD life coach. I was going to call you an advocate, but that is not the correct term. Do you prefer is advocate the correct term or is it more a life coach or do you do both? I do both, but I decided, the thing about it, I came up with a life coach because I want to be a counselor, which I'm in school to be a counselor, so it's going to get real in a minute. But um, (laughs) I went to school to start counseling, and then I decided, no, I don't want to do that because it's going to take five years. I don't really want to do that. Um, I wasn't in the space to do school at that moment. So at that Mm -hmm. time, I ended up staying in a counseling degree, and I ended up getting human services counseling with a focus on life coaching. And at that time, life coaching was booming. Like that, it was just the first start of a life coach. So I'm like, well, this cool. I don't have to really get much schooling. I get get my master's like I really want to, and I can start, you know, moving into the coaching thing. Well, moving into the coaching thing, but also still doing the foundation of um, counseling. Just I don't have those limitations. You know, I'm able to relate. I'm able to focus on the goals. You know, I deal with your past, but we deal with your past, set goals to move you forward. You know. Um, I can be myself, <laughs> you know, and things like that. So it gave me more freedom that I needed at the time to kind of figure out what I wanted to do before I decided to go into the counseling field. So I was like, okay. be a life coach. And, you know, herpes <laughs> is kind of rough, so I can't just say that word. and say I'm a herpes, life coach is harsh. People are like, ooh, you know, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> my page would be a ghost town no. right now. So that's what I had on my page. Okay. So, 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 do you, um, constant, do you coach about in regards to, um, other STDs or are you specifically catering to those dealing with herpes? I just focus on herpes. I do educate about other STDs, um, especially mm-hmm. within this community. So, my whole thing is I focus on herpes and then educate the people within the herpes community. Because the thing what happens is they get in and they're so focused about, I got herpes, I got herpes. I said, you forgot that gonorrhea is serious. You forgot that syphilis is serious. You forgot that HIV is high. You know, yeah. you know you're, you're forgetting, you know, now we're more at risk. So you got to pay attention to the other things. you got one thing. You can't, now you got to protect yourself not to get anything else. You know, so I really, you know, when they come in, I was like, okay, ladies, now let's talk about other things. Like, Remember, you still need to go get your test because HPV is real, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I do talk about other things, but I do it more in the community. You let them know, like, okay, ladies, now we're at higher risk to get anything else. So now let's really focus on learning these other things and how to protect ourselves from that as well. Okay, and so HPV um, is, did you say HPV or HSV? Well, herpes is H. SV. That's what you will see on your test result. You will never see herpes. This is mm-hmm. FYI to the fans and your audience. Mm-hmm. You will never yeah. see herpes. Say, ah, they'll never do that. So you okay. probably are looking for herpes and it's not there. And you see this HSV and you're thinking HPV or you're thinking HIV. 
Um, that's just what we're used to. So most people have no clue what it is because typically it comes back negative for most people, so they don't think nothing about it. And then mm-hmm. most people, it's not on the test result at all. So they don't even know. So when you go in to get your test results, it's going to say HSV. And then HPV is human papillotavirus. That's just for women. Well, we're the only ones who can find out that we have it. Men, it's no test for this deal. Okay. So HSV is an acronym for herpes simplex virus. Right. Correct? Okay. You hit it okay. right on the head, girl. You know So will it will it have HSV two or will it just have HSV? No, it'll have one and two. They always let you know. Well, not always. Depending on the test, okay. they'll let you know. So just say if you went in, we'll just give an example. Mm-hmm. Just say somebody came to me and they said, you know, I think I got the virus from my boyfriend. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, are you having an outbreak? This is kind of like my assessment. Are you having an outbreak? She was like, yeah, I have some itching. I have some burning, things like that. I said, well, go ahead and go get tested. When she goes in, she's going to tell them her symptoms, and they're going to swab her. So, you know, as women, they tell us to undress from bottom down. So uncomfortable. You <laughs> dress from the bottom down mm-hmm. and get up on the table. So you get on the table, and what they're going to do is they're going to take a culture. So basically a culture, and this is going to be a little graphic, but y'all need to know. So basically they're going to, wherever the story is, they're going to take one of those little, it looks like a Q-tip, but it's harder because it's thick, and they're going to scrape it so they can get enough mm-hmm. of the, yeah, it's so painful. <laughs> it's so painful. Um, so they scrape it so they can get enough of the, Antibodies, well, based on the quote-unquote antibodies, so they can get much, so much of that so they can go look under the microscope. That's all they're doing back there. They're not running no tests, looking under the microscope and looking for the cells so they know what it is. And they'll say, hey, yeah, that's what it is. And typically, most doctors are going to do a visual test because they typically know what herpes look like. Now, one thing I do want to share is that herpes do not look like what you see on Google. We got to be honest. African-American people, quote-unquote, are not. On Google, if you do see it, it's most, like, extreme cases, and typically that's not even what it is. It's probably chicken pox or shingles, which is another form where chicken, chicken pox and shingles are basically the same thing, um, another mm-hmm. form of herpes, which is just another strand. It has nothing to do with this, um, this strand. So I want people to understand, when you go on Google and you're looking like, oh, mine don't look like that. It can look like a simple paper cut. It can look mm-hmm. like a hair bump, you know, especially if you shave. You know, everybody's to shave, and now, you know, we're trying to make sure we get it. So, you know, if you think it's a hair bump, you know, an ingrown hair, sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Um, some people, it's not even a cut or a blister or anything. It's just itching. Sometimes it's just burning. It's swollen lymph nodes, you know, in your groin area. You know, and I'm just talking about genital at this moment. But if it's oral, mm-hmm. you'll have swollen lymph nodes in your neck. You can have headaches. You have you feel like you having the flu, like the aching feeling. Your body hurts. You have tingling in your legs and your arms. You feel like you're itchy all over. Your lips burn. Your lip itch. You know mm-hmm. these are things that happen, but people don't pay attention to them because they think I don't have any. I ain't know I can have it, but you've been itching and burning for the last couple of days. But you're just assuming oh. It's nothing but a yeast infection or, oh, it's nothing but um, bacterial vaginosis or, oh, worst case scenario, you know, I'm probably not, you know, put on the real committee. It's serious. Yeah. Not so knowing. What, okay. Okay. Those sound like female symptoms, women, yes. that, that women have. What are the symptoms that males have? Same thing. When I okay. say it's the exact same 
thing, itching, burning. Dudes can have discharge as well. Um, the aching all over the body, mm-hmm. you know, legs aching really bad, headaches, um, tingling of the lips as well, the swollen, all of it's the same. It's nothing different. So what if it's you nothing, don't it have different on dudes? What if you what if you don't have any symptoms at the moment, but you go to the doctor? How will they test for it then? Okay. Or is there so any test they can do for it then? Absolutely, it's a test. They not, they're not going to tell you, but it is. It's a blood mm-hmm. test. You know, it's two ways that you can test for herpes. It's your culture, which is more most effective because by now I know you got, got an outbreak. We know you had it, you know. Mm-hmm. So they said it's more accurate because clearly I can see it. And then you have your blood test. That's when you go in, you have no symptoms. I mean, nothing. nothing's going on. You go for your routine checkup, you know, every three months or every year, depending on your sex life, okay? So with mm-hmm. that being said, you'll go in and say, hey, you know, I want to get tested for herpes. You have to say it. Or simply say, I want to get tested for HSV, you know? I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't feel comfortable saying the word. I'm not forcing people to do what I do <laughs> mm-hmm. at all. So my whole thing is, you know, anybody on here who, you know, you don't have it, but you're just listening, go in and say, hey, can you test me for HSV? You'll feel more comfortable because the only person knows you talk about the only person who knows what you talk about is nurse. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody else knows what you're talking about at all. And, you know, they don't ask you the simple questions, and I, I don't know why they ask you this, but this is what they're going to ask you. Not every doctor, but most do, especially if you just go into a basic clinic. They're going to say, do you have any symptoms? Okay? You say, no, I don't have any symptoms. I just want to be checked. And then sometimes they say, well, we don't typically check for it with no symptoms. And you will tell them, I still want to get checked. Assist. Don't let them get away with not testing you because the reason why they do this, and I'm going to go a little history, the reason why they do this is because the CDC stated that, you know, they don't want to test all the time because it can cause false negative and positive with the blood test, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? So they're just like, we. it's not stepped in stone every time we test you, it's going to be correct. So, see, and I'm, I'm, I respect the CDC, but I don't want to test, you don't want I want to be getting tested and getting false negatives. I don't want to get tested and get false positives. And their whole thing is we don't want to test you only if for a fact that you know you have been exposed. But the only thing that hurts us so much is the fact that we're not aware where we're ever being exposed and we're not, not aware how to prevent us from getting it. You know, because if we're not getting tested, which is one of our main prevention measures, how would I know if I have it before or I get it after? So it kind of fails us still, but I get why they say it because at the end of the day, it's no accuracy, full accuracy in it. But at the end of the day, it's like, then what are we going to do to prevent? Because condoms is not enough. Okay, so what are some prevention techniques that that one would take from? Okay, first let, let's let's say let's before we go into prevention, how do people um get it? Traditionally, and how do what are some uncommon ways that people get it? Okay, so the main people are getting it is kissing. That's most common. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. when I say that's most common, people don't understand, and I'm gonna like bust a lot of people bubbles right now. Cold sores and fever blisters is herpes. Okay, mm-hmm. stop saying I've had it all my life. You're right, you did. Somebody gave it to you as a child. Herpes, you're not born with it, just like you're not born with chicken pox or anything else. Everything is given to you, okay? 
other than if it's immune disease, you know. Other than that, these things are given to you. So I know a lot of, and I'm, I'm really stressing this because I'm running to a lot of people who believe, oh, I had this as a child. There ain't nothing wrong with it. Somebody gave it to you. I know that's hard to believe that it, it hurts because you feel like your parents should have told you, but typically your parent had no clue or your parent is not even the one who gave it to you. It could have been your daddy, it could have been your cousins, and it could have been your aunt. How many people go to your aunt's house and she kissed all over them? We all got that auntie who loved the kids. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, my whole thing, it happens. You know, and some people just like, well, my mama said it wasn't nothing serious. That's not the case, you know. So cold sores are... um Cold sores are, is herpes, quote-unquote, type 1 herpes, okay? Quote-unquote. Most people we have to understand is we kiss with our mouth and we perform oral sex with our mouth. So a lot of people are performing oral sex. And as we, let's be grown, we all grown, do not use protection for oral sex. Why? Because nobody want to eat a condom. (laughs) 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 We're going to be real. Okay, we all grown folks. But nobody's using protection when it comes to that. Or nobody wants to eat a dinner dam. Like, nobody wants to do that, you know? Yeah. So, with that being said, people are thinking, well, kissing and oral sex is safe. But genital sex and and anal sex is no-no. Must use a condom. Please, y'all, we got to stop doing this. Because my whole thing is, you're going to get it, okay? I love you, but you're going to get it. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, you already put your mouth on it. What's the point of using right. the condom now? And you put your mouth on it. Yeah. You're supposed, you know? So I feel like that's the thing that we have to kind of get out of these misconceptions and wake up to say, if I'm going to have, be protected, I'm going to be protected from my mouth all the way down to my private areas. Mm-hmm. You know? And it may be kind of scary because you don't want to be walking to people, uh-uh, we can't kiss. And people are like, what? Can't kiss? No, that's not the case. But at the end of the day, we have to be more aware that things can get in your mouth. Gonorrhea can be in your mouth. Chlamydia can be in your mouth. Syphilis can be in your mouth. People don't understand. All of that can be in your mouth. But we don't think about that. We think the mouth is the cleanest thing in the world. No. Yeah. You know, mm. but that's one that's one of the common ways um, that people find that they have herpes, okay? Or it's past, let's say like that, that's past. Kissing mm-hmm. and also doing oral sex. So I want to kind of change that a little bit. Like a lot of people think um, genital herpes is just type 1. Not true. No, just type 2, I'm sorry. Just type 2. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Like I just said, most people are performing oral sex on people. So that means that you get type 1 genital. All right? And then you can also get type 2 oral. Wherever you put your mouth or your your genitals, you can get it wherever. A long time ago, they did that because they did research, okay? Everything's based off research, y'all. They ain't just coming up with these numbers. Everything's research-based. They got a group of people. They did it for a long period of time, and they found out this information, okay? So they, mm-hmm. they did research. They realized, you know, type 1 typically is oral, you know, based off our research and genital type, two, you know. But that was years ago. When I found out eight years ago, my beautiful nurse, sat, my doctor sat in front of me, beautiful white lady, and she was like, baby, don't worry about those. You have herpes, and you're going to be fine with her legs crossed. She was so cute. But I was looking at her like, what? 
You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, as much as we feel like those types are important, they really are trying to go, they're trying to do away with those. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter anymore because sex is interesting now. <laughs> Let's be real. Mm-hmm. We got 15 yeah. shades of gray. It's interesting. You know, when I'm out everywhere. So with that being said, you know, and our gentleman as well. So with that being said, guys, you know, just kill the type one, type two. My whole thing is if you go get tested and you've never been tested, you won't and don't have an outbreak, you will never know your your site. Okay? You'll know your site based off of an outbreak. And I know it's kind of nerve-wracking, but the only way for you to find out is having an outbreak. And then the people who ever have it, you have an outbreak, that's where you're going to have your outbreak set. Don't worry about that type. Just worry about where you're having your outbreak. Okay? I kind of answered like so 40 wh- questions at once. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> okay, so there, there's there's – HSV-1 and HSV-2. I know um, you said concentrate on the site in which, you know, you mm-hmm. have an outbreak. But what is the the difference, um, the difference between 1 and 2? Other than the site, I know you can get 1 in your genital area, you know, if you're, you know, someone performs, mm-hmm. you know, oral sex on you and they have HSV, HSV-1. But mm-hmm. I guess molecularly? I can't even get the word out. <laughs> what is the right difference? Like, like, like down nothing. to the root. <laughs> There's nothing. nothing. Okay. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Really, type one and type two with site location. They they use okay. it as an identification of what the site was. But now okay. that's not true. So it's like, yeah, we still say it because when we do our test, it'll come mm-hmm. up because the test will tell you what it is based off the DNA, quote-unquote, or the antibodies, it'll let you know what type it is. But the site mm-hmm. is not the same based off the type. And that sounds confusing, but it's just the end of the day, they're still able to classify it when they give the blood test. But your site is going to be different depending on your outbreak. Okay. Are this better the same like you still have nerves huh? um i said so the symptoms are still the same no matter yes. the type okay yeah okay. the symptoms are the same the only difference in your mouth it's different i'm not gonna lie it is different you know your genital area you know you having a discharge in your genital area the itching is a little different the burning is different because you got to urinate you know so it is the symptoms are similar the symptoms are the same but they're going to feel a little different your mouth, your lips can be tingly. Mm-hmm. Um, your lips can be itchy, you know, and you can get sores inside your mouth. Most people, you know, and quote unquote, they look similar to canker sores, but they're not. Okay, canker sores, and I'm just giving you a little, you know, information because some people kind of get scared. Canker sores got mm-hmm. like a little ring circle around it, like a little white in the inside is like a little circle. That's not how okay. blisters look. It's, it looks totally different. Because a lot of people are like, well, oh, my God, I think I got hurt because I said, send me a picture. No, you got a cancer story. Come on. <laughs> You're fine. Breathe. <laughs> You're the cell type thing. So my hope, and you'll go on the diet. You have nothing but a cancer story. You know, mm-hmm. get some warm water and, like, get some salt water and you'll be fine. It'll go away in a day. 
you know, so my whole thing is not, I don't want everybody freaking out like every cut in their mouth is the case because that's not it. I'm a strong believer and I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty good at what I do. I all, even if you come to me, I tell you, and I get a lot of pictures, I'm not even going to lie. I think I don't have enough penises and vaginas to last me a lifetime. Um, look, go get tested. <laughs> Let the professionals do their job. And my whole thing is just because I tell you that, or even a doctor, you need test results. Because sadly mm-hmm. to say, it's crazy. It's other stuff out here that we don't even know exists. So we may think, you may go to the doctor and we're like, oh, it's herpes. You get in there and it's something crazy. You're like, I ain't never heard of it. It's like, yeah, it's rare. Out of one out of 3,000. Yeah. You know, so I tell and people, you know, don't get so bogged up on thinking it's that off the rip. Go in and get tested. Let them tell you than you assuming. Don't assume. Always get tested. It's always better to know than not know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Better, better, better safe than sorry, in a sense. Say <laughs> that. Yeah, you can start, um, you can start treating it or, you know, figure out how to live with it and manage it, mm-hmm. if you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard you say you found out that, that you had it, how the nurse told, told you. Can you give us a little background on your story? What led you to go to the doctor to get tested? What was the, you know, what what led you there to get tested in the first place? So what happened for me, I was having sex with a dude. Mm-hmm. Everything was Was he your boyfriend or were you just like, nah. you know, just it part of my boyfriend? We were way. dating. We were dating. Okay. Um, okay. So this was the first time we had sex. We used protection. <laughs> Crazy, right? We use protection. Mm-hmm. Um, You're doing sex. what you thought you needed to do. Right. We use protection. And um, the next morning I woke up and, you know, like, as women, we're going to be real, sometimes you're a little sore. You know? Mm-hmm. It feels a little weird sometimes after because, you know, yeah. friction does work on us, you know, type thing. So, you know, I'm thinking, like, oh, it's just friction. I ain't had none in a minute, you know, type thing. He ain't the normal size. So, okay, I get it. <laughs> you know, I didn't think nothing of it. So, I'm being honest, we all think it. So, I'm like, no, I'm not going to think any of it. But as I was going, as I was going on, as I was, as I was going on, um, it just started hurting more. I got up and I went to the bathroom. And it was burning like fire. I said, okay, this is not normal. Why is it burning so bad? I said, did, yeah. did it tear or something like that? So that's what I was trying to think then. I was like, well, I had a lot of alcohol last night. I I'd burn it. You know, still trying to brush it off. So I went home, took a shower. And women, what I'm, I'm always telling is, look, if you're spilling something, look. I looked and I fucked out. I was like, what is that? Oh, my it God. It was like a whole, it was like, it was. There were about three or four bumps down there, and they were big, and they were blisters. And I was like, what is that? First thing that came to my mind, he don't get herpes. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. So is that is oh. that typical? I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Is that yeah. typical to have to to have those symptoms that, that, no. that soon after exposure? No. They happen two to 14 okay. days after. Oh, wow. Okay. Two to 14 days. But this is my initial response. Okay. Initial response. So I'm thinking like, oh my God, you gave me something, da 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 da. So I ended up calling my friend, like I got home, called my friend, she's a nurse. She was in nursing school. So I called mm-hmm. her and she was like, Yeah, babe, you know, this is what I think it is. Da da da. She's like, just go get tested. 
I said, okay, we're going to get tested. So I texted him, and I was like, you know, because he was getting ready for school to class. And I texted him, I was like, well, this is what's going on with me, whatever. And I said, I want to get tested. I'm not assuming that you did anything, but this is the case. He was like, well, cool, just let me know what's going on, okay? He wasn't all freaking out or whatever. He was calm. Thank God he was pretty mature. So he was like, no biggie, just let me know what's going on. Whatever they tell you, I'm going to get tested after. Okay. I went on, went in there, I got tested. I got After I got tested, well, when I went in there and I pulled my pants and I laid it, said, oh, yeah, you have herpes. Oh, wow. Just like that. She knew off the rip. <laughs> she knew off the rip with yeah. me. She said, that's what you have. She walked out the room, came back. She was like, yo, put your clothes on. Came back. She was like, here's your medicine. Well, no, first she was like, here's some pamphlets. I went in the other room, and I was talking to my friend on the phone, crying, crying, crying. And then they never gave me my medicine. <laughs> they never gave me my medicine. I had to come back literally the next Monday because they closed, and she never gave me my medicine. Mm-hmm. So I had to suffer for three days. But mm-hmm. I ended up messaging him and telling him, and he was like, well, that's you. Are you okay? And I was just like that. I was like, I'm okay. I said, I'm just worried. I'm thinking I probably gave it to you. I'm not sure, whatever. And he went to go get tested, and they told him he did not have it. Thank God. Oh. Right. But it was early. Let me let me tell y'all something. If I was having an outbreak and he was that close to me, he could have had it, but it was too early to tell. Hmm. So he went in and got tested. They told him no, but he needed to go back three months later and get tested again. Did he do that? No, because he never called me and told me. I mean, we still talk to each other after that, but... I distanced myself from him. Yeah. You know, I was, I didn't assume, I'm not that person, like, I know he gave it to me, because I started doing my research, I'm like, it's no way this man could have gave me that. It's flag time, it's two to 14 days. I just had sex with him. We didn't have sex at like one o'clock in the morning, we woke up at nine. No way! Yeah. <laughs> no way! It's not gonna work like that, you know? So I knew it wasn't him, but the only thing is, I only knew one person out of my whole sex life who had told me that he had herpes, but had got tested just like this dude did right after we had sex, and it said negative, so I'm thinking like, oh, oh my God, I probably could have got it from that situation, but I never went back and got tested, which a lot of us fail to do. You get a negative, you're like, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I ain't worried about it no more until you Whoa. feel like it's necessary to go back. <laughs> Relief. <laughs> Yeah, you're a relief, but you know, yeah. at the end of the day, my doctor, she didn't force it. She was like, she didn't stress. Oh, Miss Bobby, I need you to come back. You know, you know, wait for three months and come back. She didn't tell me nothing. She mm-hmm. said, you ain't got it. You good. You know, but if I was stressed, you know, just because you don't have it now, I'm not trying to scare you. It's pretty early and educate me. Then I would have took my butt back. I was yeah. blessed to know that, you know, I called people in my past. Nobody had it. I said, whoo, Jesus loves me. Okay, but yeah. truth be told, I, had ne- I didn't give it to anybody, so I was like, that means it had to have been just sitting dormant for a while, and then me having sex with him sparked it. And that happens. I, I want to share that as well. A lot of people be having herpes for a long time, and then, boom, it'll come out. And typically what causes it to come out is friction from sex. That's a huge one. Friction mm-hmm. from sex, um, emotional and mental stress. Alcohol, okay? I had alcohol, I was stressed, and friction. (laughs) 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 I had it all, you know? So those are the main ones that are really causing. And sometimes certain foods, like junk foods and chocolate or things like that. But the main one is stress. That's the top on the list. That's mental and emotional stress. And then friction. Oh, and for ladies, it's menstrual cycle. You know, guys don't have that, so. 
But those are the main reasons. But a lot of people say, how would you not know you have it? Because you don't have any symptoms or it's so mild. So how long you know, you may have it for a day and it's on. How long based upon, you know, just the average of, you know, that you've been doing this work, do people, most people, the virus and people lay dormant before they find out they have it or before it flares up or if I'm using the correct term. We don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. We can't determine time frames. Like for me, I was able to only kind of figure out because I backtracked as much mm-hmm. as I could. And he was the only person. Not saying that was him. I could have got it in between with somebody else. Like I said, kissing oral sex. Okay? We ain't always just having sex with people. You know, you may just be having oral sex, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. with that being said, I'm not sure if that's the guy who gave it to me, being honest. But yeah. I was trying back to that time, and I knew for a fact my doctor never told me to go back, and I didn't have an outbreak until... A couple of months later. So my whole thing is no way to track it. You'll go in, they say, well, you don't have herpes, you know, we can't really tell you how long you had it. That sucks because you kind of want to figure out who gave it to you or at mm-hmm. least educate them, you know, but you yeah. can't determine it. It's no way. It's no way. It's kind of crappy, but. Yeah. So you'll never know. Some people can have it for years and never know they had it. Wow. And some people get having their body and just don't do nothing. Yeah, and it's scary, but the scary part about it is that we're not being tested. It's different if you're being tested every three months or every year, you know, depending, like I said, on your sex life. Mm-hmm. If you're being tested enough, and every time you go in and you get tested, you can catch it. But if you're never being tested, you'll never catch it. So what are some prevention techniques or... Mm-hmm. I'm having a loss for word. Prevention from passing it on to someone or from receiving it from someone. What All right. what can people do? All right. So we'll talk about the prevention from person to person. Nobody has it or you're trying to keep it from getting it from somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. Neither one of y'all know anything about it. So my whole thing, education is key. This is one area that we're failing in. This is the reason, this is, education is the main reason why people get herpes. Not because they're not using protection and not because they're, um, not getting tested. They're getting herpes because they have no clue what herpes is. So the biggest thing is people getting educated about herpes and what it is and what they need to do, how to talk about it, and how to get tested for it for them to do the work to prevent protect themselves. So first is education, taking the time to educate yourself, go online, come to me, listen to this podcast, get the information that you need. Even go to your doctor and just have a basic conversation with your doctor. They'll talk to you about it if you ask. You know, we just typically don't ask because we don't know anything about it. So the most important is education, education, education. After education, it's testing. Now you need to go in and ask to be tested for HSV, okay? You need to ask mm-hmm. for it because if you don't ask for it, it's not included in the panel. A lot of us believe it's included in the full STD panel. That's not completely true for every doctor's office. Some doctor's offices, y'all are blessed. They do test for it, and some don't. So don't assume. I tell everybody right now: go into your client portal or your <laughs> your patient portal and look for HSV. If you don't see it, they didn't test you for it. Okay, so that's something you have to ask for. After you ask for it, now and this is for you and your partner. Y'all both get tested and ask for it. Then after that is use protection. 
Protection is the best. My whole thing, you have to use protection consistently. This thing, I'm using it today, not using it tomorrow. We use it tomorrow, we're not using it today. You have to be consistently using protection, and that's for oil and genital and anal. Everything got to be protected at all times. Okay, I've heard, you know, listening to, to different people that you can't, it's, it's not preventable for, well, I won't say not preventable, but you can't, but you can still be exposed to it using condoms. Is that true? Yes. Because the thing about it is, depending on where you have your outbreaks, mm-hmm. it's going to be exposed. Like everybody, for, being honest, most women's outbreaks are not inside her vagina. They're on the outside of her vagina. They're on her thighs. They're on her labia. <laughs> you know, they're on all of these other areas. Her mm-hmm. anal area is it's there. It's not where most people think. So with that being said, no condom is going to protect you from that. It's only covering his penis. That's it. But now his pubic area is still being exposed. His thighs are being exposed. For dudes that, yeah, sometimes they have it on their penis, but typically they have it in their pubic hair. There's no way to cover that up. So that's where they're, they're coming in when they say you can't, it's very hard to prevent it because at the end of the day, it depends on the state. It depends on where that person has the outbreak. So I think that's the most important thing is communication. And this goes into, mm-hmm. I know you asked me a question, if somebody do have it, how to prevent, you know, from giving it mm-hmm. to the other person, communication. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, when I was married, I didn't give it to my husband. And you asked me, you was like, you got type 2. I have type 2 and type 1. I thought I had type 1 after my marriage. My husband gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Right. So that being said, um, which I didn't know he had it, he didn't either. Like I said, that's what happens when you don't get tested. Uh, which I don't think he had it. I think he got it from somebody. But anyways. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a whole other <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm like, I've been with you this long and I never got it. But um, it's possible. You can be with somebody, and this is truth, y'all. You can be with somebody with debt for a long period of time, which I was with my husband for six years, married before, mm-hmm. and don't give it to him. And that happens because that person is very aware of their body and they communicate with you when you cannot have sex. Okay, so if I had an outbreak or I felt any tingling or anything, I did not have sex with my husband at all, at all. I didn't do anything, okay? Now we're going to go into the part where people get kind of scared and freaking out, and that's the shedding part. That's when you're having an outbreak and you don't know it. That is not all the time. And over these years, it kind of decreased, and it's a way to help reduce that even more if you decide to take the antivirals. What do you tell most people to do if you're in a relationship just to feel like, okay, I'm doing something to help it? So antivirals mm-hmm. will help. Or if you want to go the natural route, you can do um, olive leaf supplement, and that helps as well. So um, and all you can do is reduce that shedding, but it does mm-hmm. not happen all the time. It's not like every single day you're shedding. It's not, but you just don't know when it's happening. And it's kind of nerve-wracking, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's when the person person comes in and they decide to take the risk that you cannot control. You said that you were married. You just talked mm-hmm. about you were married. So you had it when you met your husband. How mm-hmm. did you broach that conversation? Because I think that's interesting for people that have it and may not mm-hmm. want to date, maybe scared to date, or maybe hiding it from the people that they are dating. How did you mm-hmm. broach the conversation with We talked about sex. <laughs> I'm being honest. The conversation is going to come. I was like, well, 
I'm an opportunist, like literally. If mm-hmm. you give me an opportunity to talk about something, I'm taking it. Because you never yeah. get the opportunity. Sex is an awkward. It's easy to do, but it's hard to talk about. Yeah. So I said when the opportunity is given, we was talking about something. I don't know what he said to me. And I was like, oh, so what's this week's topic? When the last time you been tested? Have you ever had an STD before? And, I mean, my husband was grown. So, I mean, real grown. Like, real grown. <laughs> so, with that being said, yeah, you probably had an STD in your life. You're not in your, you're not young no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't judge anybody on that. You know, some people have came in contact. Truth be told, by the time you turn 25, you're going to have it on STD after life. That's just statistics. That's not always true because I didn't, I didn't never have an STD until I got herpes. Never. Ever. Wow. You know, so um, hmm. I wasn't going to judge him about that. I was just asking, you know, have you ever had that experience of having something? How did you feel about it? You know, just building rapport or whatever. And he was like, have you ever had anything? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and at that time, I think I was like a couple of years in. I was like, oh, a couple of years ago, you know, I found I had herpes. He said, what? I was like, yep. He was like, well, that ain't going to keep me from dating you. And he went on with the conversation. Oh, oh, then. <laughs> you know, that's not always the case, ladies. That's, love y'all and guys. That's not always the case. But even, I was nervous to tell him. I don't want y'all to think I wasn't. I was like, but at the end of the day, it was my opportunity to go ahead and tell him. And at that one, I had told him we had no sexual interaction. I hadn't kissed him yet. We have not, we was, I never, and I'm a strong believer in that, do not put yourself in a situation before. Because it makes it harder for you to disclose. But now you know you have done something without sharing. And you know that person is going to freak out and they're going to think you gave it to them. Even if you have genitals and you know for a fact because you have an outbreak down there. You're like, but you kissed me. You gave it to me. They're not going to understand that, you know, because at the end of the day, they think herpes is herpes. And they think, you know, if you kiss a person, you automatically get it. And that's not the case. So I'm a strong believer. Don't do anything. Anything. Don't put yourself in difficult situations. Before sharing, have I done it before? Heck yeah. I had complete sex a couple of times and then decide I want this close. Don't do it. It's nerve wrecking. You think you, you think you dealt with stress. Think about worrying about a person calling you all the time. That's, that's stress. I, I was having panic attacks. Every wow. time he called and text, I was like, oh my God. Whew. Gosh, another bullet. <laughs> but it's, it's nerve wrecking. It's nerve wrecking because at the end of the day, you know how it makes you feel. Mm-hmm. And you know how mostly and mental straining it is. And for you to put another person in that situation just because you're scared, nobody want to hear just because you're scared. That's not enough. That's not valid. It's mm-hmm. not valid. You know, so I would strongly suggest from somebody who have done it multiple times, I'm not telling y'all I did it once. I did more than once. I ain't telling y'all I did it five times. I did more than that. I'm being real. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't, Don't do it. it. Stay away from it. And I mean, even if you have, okay, because we have people who have, or just in the middle of that situation, call me. Me and you need to talk ASAP. Because I'm going to get your confidence up before you make the call. Because it's going to not be pretty. I'm just going to be honest. It's not going to be pretty. Mm -hmm. He's going to be upset, or she's going to be upset. And you would be, too. Think about the time that you found that you got it. How did you respond? At the end of the day, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. You are treated that way. Don't do it to nobody else. Like I said, we do it just because we're scared. But somebody who don't have, don't care if you're scared. They don't care. 
Just the same way it was on our side. We wouldn't care if he was scared. He's like, you still could have wrote it down, texted it to me, screenshotted it, DM'd it. <laughs> you could have emailed it to me. You could have emailed it. You could have uh, anonymous messaged it to me. Something. You know what I mean? But that's what I'm saying. I just want us to understand as human beings, fear is not a reason not to do what is hard. We got to really get over that. And this is a huge thing within this community that we allow fear to keep us from doing everything that is right. And that's the reason why this community is continuing to be the where it is and stand where it is at this moment because we are so scared to do anything. We want change. We got to get out of the fear. This is not a time that you can be scared and think anything is going to change. You do it with fear. Do it with fear, ladies. Do it with fear, guys. I know it's scary. But I'm telling you, if a person likes you enough, they'll accept you. And I also have a blog about that as well, so I'll share that later on my website and stuff. So you can see a blog, and I kind of give you a step-by-step, and I give you templates. It makes it easier <laughs> at work. Okay? Because sometimes it's like, I don't know what to say, you know? But, I mean, all yeah. things, you don't have to say it the way I'm saying it, but it's better to – it's like going – taking a test for the first time. You just want to know what it looks like, you know? Yeah. He's like, give me an idea, <laughs> you know? So it's the same thing. It's just kind of like, okay, I can take the words out of it, and then I can make it sound like me. So I do have, like, four templates that you can use um, that I I use one of them on mine, and the other three – well, other four is from other ladies in my support group who use it, and it worked for them. And you can do your own thing. And I also want people to send me more templates. If you did something in the work, I share it. I'm not going to tell anybody. Help us. Yeah, help. Help other people. Okay, so you have you have children, right? Yeah. So how how did that two boys? How did that that work? Were you scared to get pregnant? Were you yeah, nervous yeah. while you were pregnant? Can you pass it yeah, yeah. all? Can you pass it to your to your children? Does it does it cause complications? All of that. There's there's so much with that. Girl, I was scared out of my mind. I had my first son literally a year after. Okay, literally less than a year after I got pregnant. So I'm scared out of my mind. Nobody knew I had herpes other than my friends. Okay, so I was like, I have to have a baby. My mama coming. I got to make sure that one gets closed in front of my mama. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I still hadn't told my mom at the moment. So I was scared because I said, at the end of the day, it's something. And I did my research. And my whole thing is, they told me, and I'm so grateful that I had great nurses. I said, You're fine, sweetie. She said, When you get to 38 weeks, we're going to put you on Valtrax, okay? That's going to try to help you prevent an outbreak. But let me tell mm-hmm. y'all something. Herpes, I mean, antivirals will not keep you from getting the outbreak. It will help you prevent. Help prevent, not keep. It's not a cure, y'all. So I just want to clarify that because a lot of people think they're taking the antivirals going to stop them. No. You trigger it, you have it. They work hand in hand. So she gave me that so she can try to just reduce me having one into labor. She said, if you have one during after labor, we will have to do a C-section, okay? The main reason why they were doing a C-section is because the baby cannot come in contact with this virus, okay? This virus can kill a baby. I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's not to scare you, but it's the truth. Their bodies cannot handle this virus. I'm not sure if y'all seen it going around last year. Um, A Caucasian baby died. Somebody kissed the baby. The baby was only a couple of weeks, days old, and the baby died. Whew. 
Okay? So my whole thing is, it's serious. As much as they don't make it serious, it is serious. But when it comes to childbirth, that's not really the biggest concern because your doctor's going to do their job. You know, you're going to get tested twice. You know, ladies, you know, if you've ever been pregnant, you get tested twice. You get tested in the beginning, you get tested in. You know, mm-hmm. so you really, you know, when it comes to pregnancy, especially for the ladies who already have it, you really have no worries. You know your body very well. You know, you know what to do to prevent yourself from having an outbreak. Worst case scenario, if you do have to get a C-section, your baby is not going to get it. I don't want y'all to think this is like, quote, unquote, how, like, HIV is, oh, it's in my body, my baby, I'm not get it. That's not even true for HIV no more, okay? So um, it doesn't work like that. The baby has to come in contact with the virus, but your doctor is going to do their job with prevent at all costs because they know for a fact you have it. It's in your charge. And when you go in there and they're going to ask you, okay, you know, do you mind us talking in front of your guests? And you tell them no, which most people are going to do anyway. And they walk them out the room like, well, we know what's in your chart. And they're not going to say it out loud. They well, or some people will go, well, we know what's in your chart. We're just going to check you. And we're going to check you throughout the day. And, I mean, they check. They be all up and through there because that's their job. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's kind of to reduce that. I was scared, though. The first child took antivirals. The second child, I didn't. I knew myself very well. Um, I was like, I know my body. She's like, you sure? You're going to have to get a C-section if you do. I said, girl, I've had this for too long. Girl, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, I had like a, my whole staff was African-American because I went to a midwife. You know, but she was doing mm-hmm. her job, and they're going to do your job. I never want y'all to, you know, ladies and guys to even, you know, it's your baby too, to think, you know, it's automatic. And even if a doctor comes and says, you know, you're an automatic immunity section, that's a lie. Don't let them lie to you. That's a lie. No, you do not. And if you meet a doctor who's like that, that's something to be concerned about because at the end of the day, they're just trying to get this money for this C-section. That's not a necessary C-section date. Herpes is not high risk, okay? It's not a high risk birth at all. Okay. You know, you can always find another doctor, but don't let them force you into something that's not necessary. But you can request it if you're nervous. It's also a thing you can do. If you're just really nervous about it, especially if you just found out and you're pregnant, okay, mm-hmm. even if, and I'll say that too, if you just found out in the midst of your pregnancy, they probably strongly suggest it because you don't know your body. You know, and they're kind of nervous about it because you just found that you had it and your body's kind of all over the place. Plus, it's a lot of stress during pregnancy. So if you find out why you're pregnant, yeah, they're going to probably suggest it because they don't want to take the risk for you, <laughs> truth be told, because it can be risky. Um, but you can also also tell them, like, you know, no, I want to kind of push through, but if you see something, we'll move forward. You have to consent to it. You know, they can't force you to do anything, only if they see something for sure. But uh, like I said, if you have it, Closer to the end of your birth, you just find out you um, get herpes. I said it's not a bad thing if you choose to want to go that route, but your doctor sometimes will suggest it because they know, you know, you could probably have a couple of outbreaks and before you had that baby or when you're having that baby. So, but no, your baby will be fine. So, so basically, if you if you if you have if you're nervous or if you have a type of doubt, then talk with your doctors and about it. Figure right. out what you can do and do your own research too, so Please. you know, be a little bit more informed about what's going on. So you tell them again. Tell Please them don't something. go in there. <laughs> don't don't let them tell you anything. And that happens a lot. Like I said, I've been blessed where nobody tried to push anything on me. 
But it's mm-hmm. some doctors who kind of just, they used to do what they do. I'm not going to say it's because they're being forceful or they're being mean or they're not being sensitive, but they do this on a daily basis. They're not moved by herpes. They don't think it's important. You know, and then you got those doctors who like, you know what, I don't want to take the risk at all. We can, we cutting you because I don't feel like it. <laughs> you know, because if you know that herpes don't look the same on everybody. So it's yeah. like, well, I feel like that's a risk in itself. I'm not taking that risk of me losing a baby because we're not sure. You know, so you just got to also ask those questions. Your doctor's like, have you ever gave birth to people who have herpes? Have you had any bad experience with anybody having a baby with herpes and they had to do a, a C-section? You know, you can ask those questions. I think sometimes we're scared, especially as women, to ask those simple questions to our OBs or our midwives and our doulas. If they deliver you, ask them. If you don't trust them, get another one. Basically, what I'm, what, what I'm gathering is be careful. Talk about yeah. it. <laughs> be open about it, and and work through the fear if you have yep. it in here with someone, or especially prior to. Don't wait till after you, mm-hmm. you've been intimate with someone. Be honest up front. It doesn't have to be the first date. <laughs> no, I don't think it. she's telling you that. No, I don't think she's telling you to tell to them that the on the date. first date. I think no. she's saying just be honest <laughs> before you're intimate with someone. Yeah. And just and just talk through it. And if they like you enough, they'll stick with you. And if not, then it's, then then that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, they have the <laughs> right to okay choose. Too. You know, it's not a bad thing. But the whole thing is, we also I have to understand. I want to tell y'all the last thing, and this is all I have to say. <laughs> Most people are scared to date a person with herpes because they're scared that you're gonna probably they get it from you and y'all don't work. Mm. That's really what the fear is. Yeah. It's not because they don't want to be with you. They were just literally like, oh, I want to be with you. I like you so much. Where you been all my life? Be truthful. Okay, we don't hurt y'all. <laughs> Girls and guys, okay? You know, so my whole thing is not that they didn't like you. They're just scared that if I take a risk and I get it and we don't make it, now mm-hmm. I got a deal. And I understand who wouldn't think about that. Truth be told, like, you're not working. They're not. Mm-hmm. Most people are not making it work. <laughs> so that's a risk to take, not knowing if we're going to make it for it forever. Most people don't make it to the next month. That's true. <laughs> you know, so that's the thing. I want y'all to understand that. And I'm really talking to my individuals who are so scared. You're talking to somebody right now, you're like, oh, my God, I really like this person, and I'm scared to tell them. But I want you to understand, will you tell them, and if they choose, to say, I don't know if I can do this, I want you to know why they're saying that. Because they're not really going to ever tell you why they don't want to talk to you because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Okay? It's not that they don't want to talk to you. They're just scared if if it don't work. If it don't work, now I got to deal with it because I ain't with you no more. If I want you, let me tell you, nobody cares what they're dealing with when they're with you. (laughs) They don't care. (laughs) We can get all the STDs up in here all we want, so we're together. (laughs) But we step I hope y'all not trying to catch them, though. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. You know, nobody wants to go through that type of stuff in a relationship, but if we're doing it together and we agree that we're staying here, then I will suck it up and deal with it. And we'll argue, fight, and we'll move forward. But when you step out of here and you gave me an STD, you leaving me, I got a problem with you now. Because now I got to deal with you still for the rest of my life. And that's the thing that people think. That's what they think. Not in a bad way. And people have the right to choose that, whether they want to do that or not. 
So, yeah. so I, I encourage people um, to, to just be honest because you're taking away someone's right to choose when you don't tell them. I know I would, be, <laughs> I know I would, I would be pretty pissed if I need someone who they had something and it goes me to it and they didn't tell me. So Listen, I, y'all, I stop think, taking these risks. Stop. Taking, yeah. Look, I was Talk lit, about, Okay. I didn't have yeah. psychos in my life. Okay. I dealt with good guys. They they would look up, but still, they were college boys. Okay, they weren't losing scholarships. Dudes out here yeah. these days have nothing to lose. Some of you stick there and bust the windows out the car. Don't take unnecessary risks. A no will not hurt you. Yeah. But what that person can do to your integrity, what that person can do to your image, is damaging. Everybody see what happened to Usher. They slaughter Usher. Do you hear me? Who want to go? Who yeah. wants to experience that? Y'all don't know. I don't know if he had it for sure, but that was traumatizing. That the whole world is talking about you giving everybody hurt. That is traumatizing. Imagine somebody outing you. It's not a good feeling. I talk to a lot of women who go through it, and it's not something you want to experience. Do you hear me? You can get over it, but you don't want to experience it. So I say share the information. People respect truth. They respect it. They just start talking to you, and that's fine. But you don't want to be put out there like that. It's not. It's not cool. People are screenshot too much. There's just too much going on. Social media has the whole world in its hands. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to be out it on social media. <laughs> don't go through that, y'all. I, I mean, I have a lot of ladies who've been through that. They've been out at their jobs. Ooh. Listen to me, and this is not to scare people. This is to give y'all some real. Be up front. Be up front. And be careful who you tell your business to. That's it. Everybody ain't your friend. I'm going to tell you that now. If she throws shade now, she really ain't your friend. Just be honest. Everybody ain't your friend. You won't realize that until you share your, your disclosure. You disclose to them and then get an opportunity. Just be careful. And I'm not telling you not to share it with friends, but just be careful because everybody that you think is close to you is not waiting for a downfall. They're waiting for opportunity sometimes. So with that being said, I would just suggest you get into a support group until you can come up the courage to tell at least one person in your circle or if you know you can trust your circle. But until then, find some people who understand what you're going through and friend them. <laughs> Sounds crazy, but <laughs> be friends with people who get it. I'm being honest. I have heard the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm all down. I have amazing friends. Everybody don't have that. Everybody don't have that. So, people, be honest. Work through the fear. So, so that that that's what I'm taking from this conversation today with Miss mm-hmm. Police. <laughs> so I hope you found out some great information, something that will help you dealing with herpes and living with it. And if you wanted to know more information about it, I hope you found out more information and that you are better educated about it. And Belisa, if people want to find you, where can they find you? YouTube. That's where I'm at, like, literally. That's where I like, found you, her. I found right. her. Right. I'm YouTube queen, okay? Like, literally, if you want to know anything I just talked about, YouTube. I have videos for days. 
literally over 100 plus videos that you can look at, get the information. If you need to talk to me privately, not a problem. You can reach me out to me on my Facebook page. My Facebook page is Belief Spivey. Send me a private message. Send me a friend request, and we'll talk. And if you want to get on the phone, no problem. We'll arrange that, book your session, and we'll get on the phone as well. Um, also, ladies, if you're looking for a support group, this is all ladies. It doesn't matter what race. doesn't really matter what age. If you want to join a support group, I have one on Facebook. It is private. Nobody knows where it is. Nobody will ever find it. No way. <laughs> no way that you can find it. If you want to be a part of that, send me a friend request at Belize Spivey, um, and then send me a private message stating to me, hey, you know, I heard you on the podcast, and I want to be at the group. Cool. We're going to talk a little bit, and then we'll move forward. Okay. And where can I send you the, the friend request on Facebook? Again, I think um, the audio was going out a little bit, and so I just want to make sure that they heard that. Oh, absolutely. It's Belize Spivey. <laughs> I will have information below in the description box of yeah. the podcast it, just in case you don't have a pen and shoot of paper. You'll be able to go there and find it as well. But if you could go ahead and tell them where they can find you on Facebook again. Yep, that is Belise Spivey. You will see my beautiful face. I'm there. <laughs> and my book on the um, – it's not face, literally updated. I have two pages. I'm going to give you all a forewarning. It's an old page out there that is not me. Literally, my new page, you'll know it because I got STD life coach splattered all over it, okay? Forewarned yep. because a lot of people are like, well, I couldn't find your page. So, um, no, I'm sure you will have no problem with finding it, guys. So, I hope you all enjoyed that interview. I I enjoyed speaking with her. I think she was very enlightening and informative. <laughs> so guys, please, um, if you have any questions, please reach out to her. Um, she is more than willing to help. I will have her contact information below down in the description bar of this um, podcast. And if you like this interview, please, um, and this podcast, please um, share and like, and you can follow me on my social media at Smart Mouth Scorp on Twitter and at Smart Mouth Scorpio Podcast on Instagram. And until next time, beautiful people.